Hello and welcome to Little Pine Tree Studio Productions. This is our first podcast series. I am your host, Dodi Perditas, and this is the Mysteries of Creativity Explored. With these podcasts, I want to share with you, our audience, what inspired me to create Little Pine Tree Studio Productions. And so for now, I will ask Alex to take over and be the interviewer. Hi, Alex. Hi, Dodie. What is Little Pine Tree Studio? And what's the significance behind the name? Okay, first of all, uh, Little Pine Tree Studio is an online website and gallery, which is now providing interviews, podcasts, and uh, communications between other creatives and artists. The name is my last name translated into uh, its derivation was Latin. And so that means uh, the same thing as Perditas. And I found that really quite helpful because I've always had a little bit of a, uh, of a concern about how much of my personal self do I reveal in, um, in, in this part of my life? And how can I somewhat protect it and, and still have a professional uh, uh, quality to it. So that was how that all happened. <laughs> okay, so next question. Where and when did Little Pine Tree Studio start? And what's the history behind it? Little Pine Tree Studio has gone through different transformations. It started in Kingston, Ontario, where I was, um, uh, I, I was working with other photographers and I was uh, looking for a studio, found a studio uh, with a colleague of mine and we, last name happened to be Little and I had Little Pine Tree as my uh, translation of my name and we were sharing and we just uh, thought that was pretty cool. So we just uh, started calling it, uh, our, our professional name was Little Pine Tree Studio. It was actually a small room uh, that a building we were in shared with nine other artists and photographers and musicians. So we went on and developed that, had, our, had a business there with it. And we were at that time creating, we would all have things on, on the walls to show our work as people came in. Of course, in meantime uh, things changed and it, it, it became more online as social media increased this this was a transition time so it worked then but it transitioned later what inspired you to create the little pine tree studio website and that uh well uh, that was a response to being here in oakville and I, again, was being asked, you know, how can I see your work? Like uh, people were finding out that I was doing this work and had seen some of it, but they wanted to be able to see, you know, the rest of my work. And I, I didn't have anything at that point. So um, I, I, I decided that, well, that would be a response to, to that to begin with. And then COVID came and that just, you know, uh, 
it, it enhanced the need for an online presence. It didn't really create it, but it certainly made it impossible for people to go out and to go into studios and to be actual foot traffic and a presence in this in the studio. So that was the first thing as a response. And then there was more I wanted to do. Okay. And I, yeah. and, I, and I was getting to know different people and uh, it, it, it really was a multi-purpose, a multi-purpose response. Okay. That, that's really interesting. What challenges did you face curating your images from many years of photography for your website? What? Well, <laughs> I guess for my website, I wanted things to be the best they could be. So I really needed feedback. I, I, I had, you know, I had sold work. I had done, a, you know, a certain amount of, of, of the feedback loop before. But this was really important that I had to have it showing the best that I could do. And I had to know what other people thought was the best I could do. So I actually worked very hard with um, some other uh, photographers and uh, people in different, different realms, actually. And they gave me some great feedback. And that encouraged me to go further. But I still had to have the combination of knowing that I was doing this at a very professional level and that it was satisfying to me. So that's sort of how that part happened. Yeah, that was a really good, a really good answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, during the process of realizing your vision of Little Pine Tree Studio, what was most important to you? Was most important to me in realizing that vision I, I, I actually wanted to get it out there. I wanted to share with, with other people, but I also, I wanted it to be good. I wanted it to be valued and I wanted to connect with people that I knew had the, shall I say, the ambiance or the, um, there was a resonance between us. And I wanted to make sure that I could find a way to connect and it would also feed me, right? Like it, 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 it nourished me to be able to do that with, with the people that I didn't have enough connection with at the time. So it was connecting was a, a, a big aspect of it. And, you know, targeting, I really didn't target. I just put it out there to see if it existed, you know, that kind of a, of a opportunity. So on the same note as that last question, what do you enjoy the most about it? I, I really enjoy the communication side of it. I really love the photography part of it and, and how it allows me to share experiences that I have a passion for. For one thing, I have dance imagery on there. Dance has always been an inspiration for me. It would always be my go-to if I, you know, uh, had lost my enthusiasm or I was tired or whatever. It would, it would just 
you know, it was my go-to. So that, uh, there were so many things that I could bring all of that together. Um, and then I could share an idea, not an idea, but I could share what energy I felt in the things that I loved, the work I loved to do in the photography. And I wanted not only to share my feelings, but I wanted to show other people how much energy the person who was dancing or or uh, running or doing whatever they did, I wanted to show other people the energy they felt. That was a goal, and that still is. Well, we talked about what you enjoyed the most and all these more positive attributes. <laughs> what did you enjoy the least? Well, the least is always the nitty-gritty. <laughs> it's always what has to go into it. It's no way to escape it. And uh, it's practice. It's dealing with uh, the mechanical things, you know, that have to be in place. The equipment, the um, uh, the place, the the time, all all of that. Uh, but I think anybody who's brought any idea to life realizes that there's just a lot of just nose to the grindstone. I hate to use the words, but, you know, you really just have to do it. And, uh, and getting down to it is always a challenge. But if your passion is strong enough, you, you know you've got to do it. So you're just, if you don't get down to it, you prolong the inevitable or you lose out. <laughs> that, that's a that's a great way of putting it um when it comes to your website do you set a certain time to work on it or not really that is a good question alex because i do set aside certain times and often they are productive so i i um uh, you know sometimes i get there i look around, I do things, I try to get into the mode, and it's not coming. So I just, then I take a break. And I have to say, mm, you know, is there some other way to do this? But then I do, if I if I really get passionate about something, and I feel something, I've got the idea now, I just drop whatever I can, and do it. And that can take a different amount of time each time. Yeah, I, I definitely feel, <laughs> I, I resonate with you on that regard. Very challenging. Yeah. During the process of making the website, or or even kind of earlier days of Little Pine Tree Studio, were the people around you supportive of your endeavors? And did you face any resistance from others? Definitely. Yes, both. Um, and that was, I, I did have support from a lot of people, but they were mostly the artists and photographers and, and um, musicians and the people that were in that group that I was in. And I had a lot of negative, you know, feedback from, from other people. And uh, it was, it, it, it really, it did make me think at, at, at first I, I would get hurt. <laughs> people all didn't think it was great. <laughs> But you get over that, you have to. And um, 
I, I would then, it, it, I really did take it to the point that I would have to re reconsider what the criticism was and what the people who weren't interested in it were thinking. And I did think about that. But then I gauged that somewhat with uh, what positive in influence it being around that other group of people was for me. And the ideas that I was working with, I would let them settle for a bit. And then if they came back strong, uh, then I, I, I would heat it. And I would, I would deal with what I had to deal with, with, with that other aspect of my life and have, um, have dealt with it. And I think you have to learn coping mechanisms and you, you have to find a way to really evaluate the positive uh, uh, feedback and, and evaluate the negative, you know, how, how is there a point, but, and how strong is your desire and your need to keep doing what you're doing? And, and particularly, I think that other group of people that support you become more valuable because of that. Uh, it, it only in, only in those circumstances, you know, yeah, you, you can't, expect everyone to to see it the same way you do but you also have to be true to yourself that that's the way you see it that's part of your in internal being yeah i i agree 100 percent on that mm -hmm. um just a follow-up question for that last one how do you choose which feedback to accept and which feedback to reject uh, you know sometimes you get if somebody gives me feedback and it's negative but they really mean it you know they really think it's good that it's something i should know and and uh uh then i i learned to see when someone may not agree with me may not share anything but that they really have the idea that it's important that i know something and then there are is other feedback that just simply rude <laughs> and 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 not done for any good reason, you know, is not helpful. And it's, it's insulting sometimes. And I think I've learned to discern a lot of those differences. Yeah, there's certainly a difference between actual feedback and then just insults. Yeah. I think yeah. as artists, we have to make sure we separate the between for those sure. two. <laughs> for sure. And, and I think it helps you get over the sensitive side of you that we let it have too much power because it shouldn't have power. Yeah, there's there's just certain things that you have to get over if you're going to be an artist, right? Everyone mm -hmm. has an opinion on your art, different takes on it. You just have to kind of learn to filter those things. Right. So kind of leading in to the next question, what thoughts keep you motivated when you experience a lot of negative feedback? What thoughts keep me motivated? That's a good question because to be motivated, I need to be enthusiastic. You know, there has to be that element of enthusiasm. So that has to come from within. I have to ask myself about what gives me enthusiasm. You know, what just the positive feedback from people I respect certainly does. And I, I look at the uh, 
journeys that other creative people have experienced. And I know that they have come into, uh, they have come into a lot of uh, conflict and disappointments and things like that. So I, I get that kind of thing, but basically I sometimes, um, sometimes I would just go and do something I love to do. Dance, for instance, uh, uh, even if it's around my house. <laughs> uh, um, and just, just think, I think better when I'm doing some of those things. And I pull up my enthusiasm, um, often with activity, but even if it's just walking around and letting my mind settle in and be inspired from a lot of other sources, all of which help. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like a great way to manage that. So next question, what were some pivotal moments that really shaped your journey in creating Little Pine Tree Studio? Pivotal moments. Well, of course, a lot of that happens just because your family is grown up. Your responsibilities are less when your children are grown up. Uh, they're always still important, but you know that they can manage on their own. And that gives you a certain, that's a very pivotal moment, I think, for a lot of parents and children as well. You know, that, that uh, you, you, can, you can say that I, I've loved every minute of this, but, you know, we're now at a different stage. That person usually appreciates that you say that too because they're moving on. Um, so that that was one pivotal moment, uh, and that allowed me to have more time to explore my other interests and and to put some time into it. So that was one pivotal moment, and then of course just growing older and, and gaining more experience in life, I think enriches what you have to work with, you know. So. Um, I guess there have been several pivotal moments. Moving, uh, I moved from Hankston to Oakville, and here I was in a totally different world than I'd been in. And I, I had to really not rebuild my whole life, but I certainly had to rebuild my public, the, the, you know, the my social situation because uh, my two of my children were here, but. This, this was a, a, a big change, a huge change. And one feels insecure when they first come into a situation like that. So that was a pivotal moment and uh, an ongoing <laughs> moment because things changed. But I was fortunate. I had some people that I got to know well, and they sort of helped me along the way. And that... Uh, took on different different forms, different people from different walks of life and from the people that I was meeting up with. I joined the gym, you know, uh, the exposure to all the different people that I was meeting, and that was physical at the time. So I just continued, continued looking for, you know, the things that I, I wanted to be part of here. And, and then, you know, again, actually launching Little Pine Tree Studio was a big, pivotal moment. 
and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> In littlepinetreestudio.com, mm -hmm. there are multiple different themed collections. Could you explain the background behind these? Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll just go case by case. So let's start with movement. Sure. Movement. Yes. Movement is, has always been inspiring to me. And I wanted to provide something that was interesting, that had impact, and uh, could engage the audience. So, and of course, like I mentioned before, dance was uh, important to me as a, as a go-to <laughs> often. And in this situation, I had been working with uh, dance photography, had uh, been in workshops and and uh, doing different work with groups with that, and also doing my own individual work with, with dance. And uh, this was perfect. You know, I, I could I could do that in movement, but it certainly wasn't enough, and it's not everybody's interest. So I also uh, look at it from the point of view, athletic performance. Like a lot of people are just drawn in, you know, pure athleticism of it, the movement of it, the excitement of it. Uh, so that was another thing I wanted to project there. And uh, and, and I guess also like a, a car, you know, a, a car. So, so, well, you can do the Speedway car, but even just a car, uh, you know, traveling on a city street, traveling on a city street that you can capture in photography the movement beautifully with that, that you wouldn't see quite the same way if you weren't photographing it, you know, because you see the trails and the, and the, the different things that tell your mind that this is moving. And it's interesting because that draws uh, another point that when you're looking at that car, you know it's moving, but it doesn't move with the same excitement that it does in the photograph. And that's unusual. <laughs> so I love that part of it. Yeah, I, I find that photography really helps to capture the essence of things like movement, something yes. that you wouldn't normally be able to see with your own eyes, right? You can either freeze movement or you can show it through motion blur and stuff yes. like that. So I think it's, yes. it's, pretty, it's a pretty fun area to look yeah. at. Um, how about the mood category? Well, for me, mood in itself brings something alive because it, it, it creates an app atmosphere uh an ambiance i would say is as much and it in itself is engaging for me and i i think for other people is too other people too because um you both have a cerebral um response to an image that has mood but you also have an emotional response and as you will as we go on, you will see how I try to engage both of them. So I really like, I look for mood in almost everything that I do. To me, it makes all the difference between an impactful image and one that isn't. Not that I don't think that there's a lot of, of other kinds of images that aren't wonderful, but that for me personally, mood is huge. 
So you also have a distinctive black and white category. Right. So why don't we explore that a little bit? Yes, because black and white for me um, exudes mood, uh, but not just mood. It, it's the contrast. It, it's the it's the ability to see structure. Uh, I think you can see structure, mood, um, contrast. It's a, it's 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 a ongoing probably favorite for contrast that I can I I can use black and white street scenes particularly. I I find exciting. I, I it takes away. The color takes away from some, not all. Some for them, the color is part of it, but it shows the bones of something. And the contrast between the two enhance each other. So I find black and white is definitely one of my favorite genres. Again, yeah. I have to learn, you know, sometimes I, excuse me, expect that this will work with every image and it doesn't, but when it works, I think it's great. Yeah. That's, that's my experience with black and white. Also, I, I love to view black and white. Mm -hmm. I personally am not very good at it though. I just don't, I just don't have the, um, you know, I think it's just the subject matter is very color based, but your black and white work. I, I love it. And I think it's the kinds of photos you convert to black and white make a lot of sense. Whereas I think, you know, you're not losing anything by not going to color. In fact, you're gaining stuff. I think they both have their place. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So kind of talked about contrast there. Um, you have three other categories in here that are kind of all about contrasts. So let's start with near and far. Near and far. <laughs> Excuse me. Near and far. I think again, I guess it all comes it comes out in all of these images that I'm using contrast to um, enhance one to enhance the other. So if I say near near and far, I'm thinking a macro or an up close, a close-up shot of a, for, for instance, a close-up shot of a flower climbing offense. And that in itself is very detailed, extremely um, clear. And then, to place that beside a far away image, which is now showing you, you know, the bigger picture. The bigger picture is behind that flower on a fence is a pathway and a forest and a, a, a trail and, and people walking and different things. I like to be able to show, it's sort of like how you look at something. You, you look at something in very much detail but you really miss the whole picture. So when I do that, it's it's imposing the whole picture, you know, on 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 the close up and um, and and giving you the broader picture. So it's sort of, uh, it, in a way, the forest and the trees, the, the concept of don't lose sight of the forest by the trees and don't lose sight of the trees by the forest. So I, I, I like that concept. That's I like a, to work with it. That's a really <laughs> awesome way of explaining that whole, that whole well, collection I, there. Yeah, um, I'm glad you like it. Yeah, we in terms of contracts, again, there's the city and country category, 
which I think it's it's pretty cool. I like this one a lot. Well, again, I'm I'm looking at this from the point of view of a city can be so exciting. I love city street scenes, as you as you know. Uh, it can be busy. It can be um, tells many different stories at the same time. At the same time, it can just be too busy, too chaotic. I can't figure one thing out from the other thing. It's just chaos, and 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 it's it's if you're in a certain mood, it seems like a frenzied place to be. Whereas if you go to the country a lot of people seek the country because it's relaxing they seek the outdoors they seek the they seek the healing power of nature which i don't know if everybody feels that i obviously do but it it also it also shows i think it shows the viewer something you know where are they most comfortable and they may both one day they may be most comfortable you know right in the heart of it all in the city and another day, they may think, let me out of here. <laughs> I need to escape uh, to uh, a more gentle place. So again, for me, and, and, and I think that appeal can change from day to day. We, we don't see life the same way every day. Sometimes we need one thing. Sometimes we need another thing. I love that answer as well. <laughs> Gosh, this is working well. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this is awesome. <clears throat> you have one more category, which I think is probably the most, the <clears throat> least literal and the most artistic of the, the categories. And that's realism versus impressionism. Yes. Um, I love this category too, because realism to me has its place. And there's certain kinds of messages that you want to give or show that only realism can do. On the other hand, impressionism for me captures all, all the feeling and, and all of the cerebral view of, of uh, a photograph. So I think that the graphically realistic image has a place that would be ruined by you know the uh the more uh softer side of of uh, expressionism but for me those are more rare <laughs> but they're there than um what i get out of a expressionistic uh examination of something uh i i, I it just creates all those things that I that I love um, it creates mood and and ambiance it gives the um, it, it creates feeling and it gives the viewer a place to share and put his own or her uh, ideas into what that image is all about and so I think what is really interesting because I've had the opportunity to go to say an art gallery uh, this is years ago uh, with someone or some people that are really into realism and uh, others that are really into um, impressionism or abstractions or uh, a, a lot of uh, outside of the box kind of things that aren't striving for realism. And honestly, it's like the parting of the Red Sea. 
you know, certain people in the group, do, do, it, it, they just divide up and go in different directions. And they're just expressing their preferences. And for the person who is not as inclined to be realistic because they want more imagination and more uh, those ideas in it, they think, why don't they see the beauty in, in the other uh, side? And for the realistic uh, uh, person, the more um, who, who who like that, they they just don't get, you know, what would be appealing. Yeah. yeah. So 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 I I you know I find I found that very interesting. I didn't realize that a long time ago, and of course now I've worked for a long time and know it, and that's probably why uh, one of the reasons why I am a so interested in in following other creative artists and and uh, people who create anything following their their process. Yeah, what I find interesting about photography is how strong of an opinion some people have on one or the oh. other, and it's like, oh yeah, and like, oh, this is wrong, this is right. Oh yeah, and it's like it's no. not like there's no it's not like an objective. Like one's better than the other. These are just these are just preferences, right? The more artistic element of the impressionism versus the more literal, right? Like it's not they're not really comparable, and that's why I. But also they contrast each other well. That's why I like that you called the category realism versus impressionism instead of realism and impressionism. So yes, just, I, I'm I'm glad you saw that. Yeah. So just one more question on this, and I didn't tell you this earlier. Oh, thought of it now. Um, <laughs> we have six categories here. Are we ex are we going to be expecting to see more categories show up, or are we going to stay with this just the six? Okay. Are we going to see more categories? I, you know, I, I'm at this point in time. I'm considering them because there are many more categories, and there are categories that stand alone that aren't in contrast with anything else, which all of these categories have you know, used opposites almost to enhance. Yes. Uh, I, 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 so um, I would like to, but at the same time, I don't want to overwhelm. I, I think that we could have um, aspects. No, I, I think there's a time and a place for individual categories. And as I grow and as I do different kinds of work in that, I would like to do that. I think it will take a lot of um, deciding on, you know, I, I would like a lot of feedback on that because I'm not just not sure how much of different categories and how much I can put on the website without it being too much and without just people just think I can't be bothered going through that, you know? Yeah. yeah that, I, that's always the challenge, right? Because six, yeah. six categories, that's like a good, healthy amount. Yeah. You start if you get to like eight, like maybe that would be like the most you go. But then if you start getting to ten or more, it just starts to become a bit overwhelming. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think and uh, most, yeah, we'll need some feedback on that. Yeah, and, and people have <clears throat> a shorter attention span, it seems, when they're having to read something or or uh like view, go through a lot of uh different images and that than they do for the podcast. I was quite surprised that uh with a podcast, a lot of people can listen doing whatever else they do. Some people can't, but you know, when you're doing this nitty gritty that you're, uh, we all are 
you know, struggling with, then some people just put on a podcast and they can multitask. I have to say, though, as you get older, it's harder to <laughs> multitask. <laughs> I, I, I think the podcast is really good for covering a lot of information really uh -huh. quickly. Like, there's no way we'd be able to explain all this stuff through writing, without, like writing a book, basically. <laughs> I know. And, and who would want to go through that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It'd be very, um, <laughs> very uninteresting to read. Whereas <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's much more interesting to listen to. Well, this is the thing that you do uh, get the nuances, you know, at least in the voice, you, of course, don't get any nuances in, in how the attitude the person's bringing uh, visually. Um, that may be another uh, avenue to explore at some time, but uh, it, you, you don't get even, you can't get humor often from reading. You just never know when someone's being as a little bit sarcastic or, or, or trying to make a joke. <laughs> well or not <laughs> yeah 100 uh, yeah so that that that's a really big plus i think for that so kind of speaking about that transition from writing to you know listening and audio um we have some interviews on the website that and these are people that were present on the podcast this is like the um the main group so can you kind of explain the kind of the process between going from the interview to that morphing into the podcast? Yes. Um, Cause when I set up the, the gallery uh, and I did enter, I did interview the guests as, um, as we were making it just into a, a gallery and different things that we were trying to provide. And I, I found everyone inspiring that's why I invited them, but we were writing about it. And we also wanted to point out why, you know, why this was inspiring. And it seemed to be a, a, a really good way if we could incorporate a podcast, because this would allow the, the uh, each person to speak for themselves and how they're journey had been and where it was going and what they were up to and all the a lot of the questions that you've just asked me and I always was inspired encouraged by um, people sharing their I sharing their I the ideas that they had realized and I just thought it empowered the whole process to create the podcast now I have to say that and yourself influenced me about podcasts because I did not know very much about them and I didn't realize the power that that it would have and it would be the opportunity for uh, for yourself for Linda for Paul to also put in their own words and I find it inspiring to hear somebody else yeah. describe their situation yeah for sure I that's the thing I love about podcast right like oftentimes you'll see someone write something and you don't really get the opportunity to understand them as a person though whereas no. on a podcast you do and you get to hear like the little inflections in their voice and how they talk the passion comes through a bit more right i just think i just think it's very very interesting and the feedback that we've gotten on the first few episodes from people in my and like my dad and people who like aren't in the art world but are kind of interested in hearing the very positive 
and they just love hearing that the differences between the way people go through things and think about their creativity and how they interact with each other yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's very interesting because yes. you, you don't get that um that dynamic when you're talking to someone in person sometimes and even in writing you don't get the dynamic but when you're in like this setting where you're discussing things you're very passionate about it the stuff really comes out mm-hmm. I, I think it's really fun yeah i i enjoy it very so, much so where did the idea of the mysteries of creativity explored come from and like where did you kind of come up with that name well that was um digging kind of deep <laughs> because i always i always found something magical about mystery mysteries uh, in general and I, I i also knew that i was working with good people you know who who uh, had explored their own lives and created what they've created and I just thought it was a, a, a fun way uh, and a very genuine way to gain insight and to share that insight with those listeners. So it kind of, uh, it, it, it just percolated inside and out and it all seemed to resonate at a certain point in time. And I think I threw it around the, the, those ideas with different people too. I did get feedback on it. Yeah, I know early on we were doing a bit of, um, we were doing a lot of discussion on how to come up with this, the whole podcast idea and how it would work. I must and, say that the mis- the mysteries explored has resonated with people uh, since I've heard the feedback from everywhere. Like, like it, they didn't have to be a creative person or they didn't, it was just the kind of mystery of it because so many the word is kind of thrown around a lot, you know, creative, and I think it piqued their interest. Yeah, no, for sure. That's the feedback I've been getting from it as well. Um, so I think that, I think we're doing a good job in that regard. <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> what are some of the things you've learned from working on the podcast, specifically about creativity? Specifically about creativity. Well... I guess what I've learned, while we share a certain approach and attitude often towards it, it takes a much different form in everybody. And some people know uh, how to put a, a limit on going off on a tangent. Other people struggle with that forever. Um, I have to realize that I need to structure more carefully. Uh, because I, I love the philosophy side of it. I love going off on a tangent sometimes, but that doesn't work. That I can't do that, and the audience does deserves better than that. So I, I guess I've learned a lot about how to put a time limit on certain things. But also one thing, and I think we all talked about this, is setting a a, a date forward and working backward. I think that was something that. Certainly with uh, uh, three of us worked, you know, and other kinds of creativity, you can't do that with, particularly like writing a book. You know, you may have put a deadline on yourself, but it's a little easier uh, to work backwards when it's not such a long creative process. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, um, uh, but that, that, 
has really been helpful to me. I, I never thought of it in those terms. And I think I could respond to it. But I really had to really think deep about it. It, was, it wasn't a natural tendency. So I learned that. Yeah, um, it's there's so much like growth that happens when you're working on a podcast like this. Oh yeah, I, I know for me, continuous. Yeah, like I know for me, it's helped my scheduling and just like certain like things that I wasn't very good at. I've gotten a lot better at because of we're working on this podcast, just the planning and also just even just developing the podcast and finding ways to make it work. We had those test periods at the beginning where you know things were a little rocky and we were trying to figure out how to manage people but now it's like it's really slick now this is a very 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 workable situation well that's good to know <laughs> i hope so and i hope it continues what are challenges and or sorry let me rephrase this okay what are some challenges and resistance that you faced when creating the podcast these could be things like technical things or like interpersonal things yeah let's see how you answer that okay the, um the challenges first were myself <laughs> they uh um really i guess how will i put this there's a resistance sometimes when you get to the point where you can do something and somehow that resistance is strong like uh and i had to think this is something I really want to do. Why am I feeling resistant? Why do I walk downstairs, get ready to do it, and find a hundred other things to do? You know, so uh, I, I really, um, I really had to deal with that, and that took a little while. I, I was surprised. I was surprised that that took a, a while from me. And of course, there is always the, again, like you said, the physical things. Do I have the equipment? Um, do I know how to use it? Uh, uh, what do I need to add to what I already have? And uh, so there's a financial aspect to it. There's the personal aspect to it. And oh, what, what, can I, what can I say? The, the resistance, a lot of it was personal and learning the skills, developing the skills. And I had to rely on other, some of, the other people in this group and uh, on outside people that I know how manage things that how, how, how was I going to get over this barrier? And I think I did, but it, 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 it was a, it was a lot of diving deep and then also allowing feedback and learning from other people. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. There's, I mean, we've been working on this for quite a while now. And, yes. you know, getting different kinds of feedback and ciphering it out, that's been, you know, it's, it's been challenging, um, but really rewarding. And this kind of leads us into the next question. What's been the most rewarding part of doing the podcast for you? What has been the most rewarding part has, you know, the rewarding part is that it worked. And that we were all able to provide a lot of insight for people, different, different kinds of insights for people, that we worked it into a, 
collaborative effort. You know, some people have podcasts where they're kind of um, kind of create a, a conflict or a competition between the people to, for, for the ideas and everything. But what I found very satisfying is that we didn't go that route and that we chose to show what a collaborative effort can come up with and how what a positive experience it is for all of us, I think, as I understand it. So I was very satisfied with that. And it has urged me to go further on into the journey. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of following along that, moving along the journey, what are the next steps for the mysteries of Creativity Explored? Okay, well, the next steps, uh, we are going to um, branch out. Uh, we will keep together the same group, but then we are going to be uh, uh, creating new podcasts with different guests that we're going to invite. We do have some already in mind. Uh, they are now being, you know, planned and what time we can we can do them. And uh, we're excited about that, too. So I, I guess as we move forward, we want to incorporate that, but we also want to keep the bones of what's working right now for us together. Yeah, that sounds, sounds great. Kind of answered the next, they kind of answered the two questions I had <laughs> Look, after. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so the, the other questions were... Uh, Will we see more guests joining? And then the one after that was, will the core group of creatives stay in the podcast long-term? But you've already answered those, so we can move to the next one. What are you most excited about with the future of the podcast? Well, that grows with uh, all, all the different happenings. What I'm, what I'm most excited about is that we brought it together. And I think we enjoyed doing it. And I th think other people from what I'm understanding now, are enjoying listening to it. And I think that you, to be able to foster that kind of joy from um, everybody's participation, that drives me forward. And it keeps me enthusiastic and, and uh, just really excited about moving on. That's, that's amazing to hear. Mm. Now, the counter <laughs> of that is... What are you most worried about with the future of the podcast? Yeah, what I most worry about, I think, is because we've all got together, it's new, it, it's worked, and, and uh, we've been shared an enthusiasm together. I worry, I guess, I try not to. However, I don't want it to get, I don't want to lose its enthusiasm. I don't want it to get boring. And one has to always wonder if someone's, just hasn't has lost their enthusiasm and that can happen temporarily you know that can be you're not you're just you're just not into it or who knows why so i i am concerned that we're able to keep up a level of enthusiasm that translates that translates to our audience translates to each other uh, and that we will have the power uh, it will empower us to con to continue, even when 
there's lulls and there's there's lulls all the time. So how do I infuse the uh, enthusiasm again when we feel things are 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 a little bit not going as well as we would like? Because you don't want to bore anybody. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the the follow up question for that is, what strategies are you using to carry your enthusiasm through, and also try to translate that enthusiasm over to the audience? That's a good question. <laughs> it's a surprise I guess question. It is a surprise question. What do I do? Well, I think like I I I said, dance was my go-to. You know, honestly, sometimes I just say, okay, I'm gonna leave this problem for a moment and I'm going to go and I just sometimes I just go and dance in my bedroom or something or, I, or the bathroom wherever you know just sort of just go through that uh that activity and just simply activity it could be running it could be anything you know uh that in that has been a, a go-to or an escape for you it's it's a kind of escape um and uh and, and i just try to give my that helps me get in a positive mood you know However, what gets you in a positive mood is important, but that gets me in a positive mood. And then I just start, I also have a strategy of saying, well, what if everything does go wonderful? You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and what, what, what if we're, we're able to create all that? And why couldn't we do that? Why can't we keep that enthusiasm going? Um, uh, you know, there's no reason to think that you can't. There's it, it it may not happen, but you're more likely to have it happen if you believe it it will. And even if you take a bit of a break or somebody, you know, takes a bit of a break uh, because, you know, circumstances in their life require it, you know, then that's okay. Like, I think it's free enough that, you know, you can come and go a little bit because it's a, it's an ongoing collaboration over a long time. And I, I think we all have to find our own ways we, really of re-energizing ourselves and gaining back our enthusiasm. But for me, that's, um, that's how I'd like to see it unfold. Because I really appreciate and I, I love what has happened with the collaboration that we've had. Oh, yeah. I think it's been super um, interesting. And... <laughs> just really eye-opening to have this joint collaboration and kind of under little pine tree studio i think it's uh, just so f it's fun too right it is it, fun yeah it is fun it, it, i think the fun aspect is really something that motivates me when we're doing these when we're doing these podcasts oh it's that's so, so it, good it, to hear because so I, I want so it to be kind of a a a, a you know, a very light experience. And yet at the same time, you're gaining a lot of insights into yourself and others. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I've said things on the podcast that I didn't even process that I said <laughs> in, in a good way. Hopefully, hopefully it's all in a good way. Well, I've done that so many times. Like, you know, uh, I, I realize what I was saying after I've said it and it's okay sometimes. I mean, a lot of the time it's okay. There are times you really think, oh, <laughs> that I have hope. Oh. <laughs> so, next question: 
how are you balancing your time between the podcast and your photography? Now, that is my challenge. Because <laughs> at the moment, I've been, you know, I, I've, I've had to share the, the love that I feel for, for both. Because the, the po podcast has become really a fascinating, interesting um, project for me. And I have really put most of my attention and time into it. And I want, I want to share better than I than I have, but I really haven't been able to do with the photography much, you know, and, and to tell you the truth, I, I can't even spend, um, I, I, I gravitate towards all the time I spend on the podcast, I'm enjoying it. I'm happy that other people are and then I keep thinking in the back of my mind, but the whole reason, the gallery, everything uh, is because of the photography and what I want to express through that. So there are two different kinds of expression. I certainly want to keep up the photography, but I'm struggling with it. And I'm at the moment asking myself, you know, how will I do this? And um, working on it, but it's yeah. not there yet. Yeah, yeah, the time management is is always is always a challenging thing. I've struggled with that myself. It'd be interesting to see if we, if we do like a follow up for this particular episode in like six months or a year, just to see how you see if you've developed any strategies for managing that. Right. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a long time. <laughs> now we're almost done. The questions here. Just, right. Just two more. What are you most proud of about the website and or the podcast? I guess in a way that's similar to, you know, what I've appreciated about it. What am I most proud of? I'm, I'm kind of proud of the fact that it's this similar as the four of us are, uh, how similar um, the, the creative journey is. And I'm proud that we were able to show that, proud that we were able to get it, it together within ourselves and to show so much insight and help each other's insight grow to make this podcast what you've said. It, it, it's hopefully lighthearted enough, but we're dealing with really uh, deep questions for. Um, ourselves and each other and i'm i'm proud that it worked i'm really yeah. proud that it worked yeah me too this is i just i just love how it's progressing mm -hmm. me too i am final question what's next from you and little pine tree studio how about we wait and see <laughs> that's a great answer <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> okay yeah. No, yeah, yeah 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 just um, this was a great opportunity for me to come on and talk with you about the creative process that you've had. And I think it was really fun and interesting. A good, nice little change up from the usual roles. Right. Oh, and thank you so much for doing it, Alex. I enjoyed it very much. Oh, you're very welcome. I do it anytime.